Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studio in Cumming, Georgia, it's time for FOCO Talks. Brought to you by the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. Hello and welcome to episode two of FOCO Talks, the official podcast for the Forsyth County Chamber of Commerce. And we are broadcasting live from the Forsyth Business Radio X studio located in beautiful Cumming, Georgia. I am your host, Michelle Daniels, and I'm the vice president of business development for the chamber. If you're unfamiliar with the Forsyth County Chamber, our mission has remained the same since our inception in 1954, which is to increase prosperity and promote and better the community and quality of life for all. If you would like to learn more about all of the initiatives we are working on or to get your business plugged in, I encourage you to visit focochamber.org. I am incredibly excited today to be joined with four amazing business leaders of Forsyth County and they are also the winners of the inaugural Star Business Awards. We will meet our panel in just a moment, but I'm sure you may be asking yourself, what in the world is the Star Business Awards? So by the Small Business Association, they typically designate the first week in May to celebrate small businesses. And that looks incredibly different for every community. And the Chamber team, we discussed for months how to cram an entire celebration into a week. We knew it just wasn't enough to really celebrate all of the incredible efforts our local businesses have accomplished, especially since 2020. So we decided to create Star Business Month, which is a series of events spread out throughout the entire month of May so that the community, the business community, community we could all come together to celebrate uh, Forsyth County business leaders. So this was actually three events over the course of the month. We started with a breakfast with the stars, which was a really fun panel discussion. We had a lot of uh, business owners come together and talk actually about what to do when things go wrong. A lot of times you hear about all the accolades when things go right. And so we wanted to have a business discussion with leaders to say, to share what to do when things go wrong. So that was a really great panel discussion. If you want some good advice, I highly encourage you to visit the Forsyth County Chamber's YouTube page uh, to be able to revisit that panel discussion because it had a lot of really good stuff to it. Uh, the second one was a really fun event. It was the Night Under the Stars. This was a fun event because it was an expo style meets business after hours. So it allowed our business community, the leaders to have like kick off, you know, some of the weight of the world uh, and be able to kick back, relax and kind of do some B2B networking and then be able to mix and mingle with some of their fellow fellow chamber members, which was a lot of fun. And then we got to culminate the month with our Star Business Awards, which was really fun. We had over 56 applicants, business leaders, that applied to be the winners, um, sharing how they were targeted, how they have adapted throughout the pandemic, as well as um, adding some diversity and inclusion into their business plans, how they've reinvested back into the community. And today I am excited because we are joined by three of the winners. So let me introduce you to our panel. Uh, we have Maria and Pepe Fundora, who are the owners of Casa Nuova Italian Restaurant. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us today. My pleasure. Uh, we also have Leanne Kennedy, who is the owner and uh, founding, I guess, founding owner of the uh, Forsyth Academy of Performing Arts. So thank you, Leanne, for joining us today. Thank you. Happy to be here. And last but certainly not least, we have Susan Grunwald, who is the marketing manager for JLL, who manage all of the incredible events that you see over at Halcyon Forsyth. So thank you, Susan, for joining us today. Great to be here. 
All right. Well, I know I have talked a lot and I want to really open the floor uh, and let you all take a minute to really share your story. So Maria, I'm going to start with you um, because Casa Nuova opened in 1998, which is so incredible. And I know you've probably seen so much change in our community as a business owner, as a, as a resident of the community. So tell us your story and how you got started. Well, when we first opened in February of 1998, as far as restaurants were concerned, it was Casanova and it was Norman's Landing over off of exit 13. My husband and I would drive through the different neighborhoods to see if actually we were going to make it. Um, we were taking a big risk and opening a restaurant in Forsyth. Um, there wasn't a lot going on, uh, but we felt like this was a great place for us, and we just wanted to make a, uh, a culinary difference. So we opened February 9th, 1998, and we are starting to celebrate our 25th year, we're very proud to say. That's incredible. Congratulations. That's that's absolutely amazing. Uh, so Leanne, let's move over to you. So you founded for for site. FAPA, you can call Thank it you. FAPA. Well, I want to see, I want to say FAPA, but I know there will be people listening that might not know what, that the community calls it FAPA. So Forsyth Academy of Performing Arts, you developed that in 2013. So tell us your story and how you got started because you really started because you were filling a void in the community, right? Yeah, I was teaching a lot of private piano and voice lessons out of my home and everyone kept asking, well, where can my child go to do a show or take a class in theater? And I didn't have a really good option to give them in Forsyth County. And so um, my husband and I kind of waited out and, um, you know, again, it's a risk. And we just said, let's just pull the trigger and see what happens. And so um, we opened in August of 2013. So we're about to start our 10th season, which is really exciting. Um, and we will do our 150th show this summer which is really cool. Not busy at all. No, <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. And, and we'll talk more about the impact you've had on the, the little ones in our community. Uh, but Susan, I mean, Halcyon, while it's the newest, I guess, entity among the three today, it has a dynamic impact and has changed a lot of the thumbprint of our community. So, uh, and it's also, you guys do so much. So walk us through kind of for those that have li are listening that may not have ventured over to Halcyon Forsyth, you know, tell us about about it. Okay. Um, Halcyon is one of the live, work, play communities that we see popping up and growing in popularity across the nation. Um, you know, the kind of property where people are more starting to have more interest in that than a traditional mall. Um, it's really an, an entertainment destination. We have over 22 dining options. Of course, we have shops. Um, but it's really a community gathering place. Um, we have a green space there that we really make use of. Um, and we try to do an event almost every day of the week um, that appeals to different audiences. So there's always something going on for, for some that somebody is interested in. Um, so that is really the core of, of who we try to be is really just a, a, a gathering place for the community. And while they're there, they can eat, they can shop, they can watch a movie, um, they can get their nails done. But really, it's a place to um, hang out, make new friends, you know, make memories with your family. Um, and that's what we see every day there. It's amazing. And I can speak uh, as someone 
it's also a wonderful place to live. So, and you can be very spoiled being able to walk downstairs and go see a movie at your favorite theater that's also a cine bistro. So thank you for all you guys do at Halcyon. It's really been fun to see all three of your businesses really grow and flourish, especially since 2020. So I want us to take, I hate to say the word pivot for a minute, but I mean, are we all sick of hearing that word? But the three of, you know, all three businesses that are in this room, you guys are really great examples of quite literally overnight having to completely rewrite your business plan and how you operate a business because of what happened in 2020. So Maria and Pepe, I'm going to start with you. Walk us through, I mean, I hate to say relive it because no one wants to relive it, but walk us through some of the things that you did because you had some really cool um, new experiences for your guests to enjoy because they couldn't come see you in person. Well, we went from being open to being completely shut down uh, as far as in dining or people coming and hanging out at our small little uh, bar area. Um, and we immediately went to social media and people who um, are part of our uh, newsletter community. And we put out that we were going to be doing takeout and to go. And literally overnight, our dining room became uh, a wine shop as well. Um, as far as being able to people to get wine along with their food. So automatically, we went right into um, being able to set up a to-go online, which we had never had to do because our business has always been in dining more than to-go. So we went from being in dining to being to-go, um, a totally different business for us than what we were used to. But I love the word pivot, actually. <laughs> we pivoted and we said, okay, we got to do this. Um, uh, we called our POS system. They got us set up literally in 24 hours for people to be able to go online and uh, place an order. I think a friend of ours tried to place an order the first day and they tried. Our phone was busy 36 times. <laughs> I'll never no, forget yeah, that. It, I want to say it was like 50 something times. He literally took a screenshot and sent it to me and said, I tried to call in just a simple chicken franchise and chicken scarpatiello for my wife and I, and I couldn't because people were calling in orders. They were outside for their pickups. You know, no one wanted to be around each other. So it's not like they would walk inside to say, oh, I'm here for my pickup order. I mean, we were even scared enough that we heard talks of other restaurants that were neighbors of ours, that if someone not working would come in, then you would really be shut down. It's no longer a, oh, you can't do chest to goes. It's a, you're, you're done and you can't be open. Um, so we, it was just, we had to do something and we, and changing uh, over to doing online ordering helped out a lot. Like a lot, a lot. And all of a sudden we were in healthcare because we wanted our guests that came to pick up to go to feel that it was a safe environment. So all of our kitchen went uh, into like, uh, we looked like surgeons. Everybody had masks and gloves. And uh, when we took the orders outside, same thing. We wanted people to feel safe and that their food quality was safe. Um, so that was all a learning curve uh, for us. In doing that, we felt that we needed to do something for our community. So Casanova partnered with um, a foundation called Purple Pansies, and we were going to all major hospitals in here in Forsyth, especially Northside Forsyth. Uh, and into Fulton County, Cobb County, where we would go and we would take uh, lunch 
to the ICU team, to the ER team, to the surgical units. Um, and that for us was so rewarding. We felt that we were actually helping to contribute and support all of the health workers or the words essential workers that were going out in a time where we really did not know what was going on. Um, so besides trying to keep ourselves alive and open, and I'm proud to say we did not let anyone go during this time. Um, our business took out several loans um, to be able to stay open. We had some help from the government. We personally uh, took a hit, but we didn't care because most of the people that have worked for us, about 25 of them have been with us the whole 25 years. So we could not fail and we couldn't fail our community. Our community was absolutely fabulous. They called and they called and they called. And just those two months that we were closed were amazing. I'm just so proud to be in Forsyth County. Incredible. Well, that's a great transition talking about the community because in my former role with the chamber, I was actually the director of tourism. So I actually worked a lot with the local restaurants during the pandemic. Um, and Halcyon, of course, we we worked together a lot. And so Susan, I'm going to segue to you because you went through the exact same thing literally overnight having to showcase Halcyon in a completely new way that for those of you listening that might not know, Halcyon had only been open a handful of months before the before the great sickness, as I'll say, of 2020. So um, Susan, walk us through kind of what that looked like for Halcyon. Yeah, how, as you mentioned, Halcyon opened in September of 2019. Our very first uh, stores and restaurants opened. And just as we were gaining momentum and coming out of some winter days and looking forward to that robust um, first spring on the property is when you know, COVID hit us and um, we did have to short shut down um, really just, just for a short time and then slowly different businesses um, started opening back up. Um, the ones who were prepared, the restaurants who had been doing takeout or curbside previously were able to, you know, rebound much, much faster. Um, and the stores that had a website and an online sales, of course, rebounded much faster. But we supported everybody to get them up to speed and um, really tried to take a lot of our program we had start programming we had started and tried to transform it to online programming. Um, we knew it was very very important to stay in touch with our customers. We couldn't just disappear after six months. So our social media became more important than ever. And we, um, for example, you know, we have a kids club that meets every Wednesday morning that has like one to 200 kids. We immediately took that to an online kids club um, to try to help those parents give them a little bit of uh, entertainment time for their kids. And we just got very creative with some online programming. We had characters um, on Zoom and we had um, educational programs with different like the house rabbit society to teach them about bunnies so we try to take that online um and the same with our ladies night out we did a virtual ladies night out to promote sales um and like you said for the restaurants um we did the takeout bingo together with other forsyth restaurants that proved to be very successful um and for us um teaming up on that takeout bingo 
Um, a lot of the people who, you know, from for a lot of the restaurants that participated in that were very well-known staples in the community that people were used to visiting. Um, but having our Halcyon restaurants, which were much newer and the names not known, um, having them added to that restaurant bingo was a game changer for a lot of them. Um, because as people tried to do their bingo card, they kind of had to come to Halcyon and, and try something new. So it really, you know, it's interesting. I mean, of course, we never wish for COVID, but I would say considering COVID, um, there were, some, you know, certainly some some interesting outcomes. Um, for example, we're connected um, to the Forsyth Greenway, Big Big Creek Greenway, and um, you know, as we all know, everyone as they were bored and and quarantined at home became very and couldn't go to their gyms. They became very interested in outdoor exercise. It was something you could look forward to each day, something you could do as a family. And so um, our Greenway um, we had just just opened um, probably just a few weeks before COVID you know really peaked, and so we had hundreds of people on our trailhead, um, exercising and parking at Halcyon. And so a lot of them found Halcyon for the very first time. And luckily for us, the way the property was developed, we were meant to be an outdoor center. So every restaurant had a huge patio already. Um, many of them raced to get heaters like every other restaurant in the country um, for some of the, you know, the cooler, cooler days. But um, so we, we also saw we continued after about six or eight weeks, we started continuing, um, we picked back up our outdoor programming. So for example, we were doing live music outside in the green four times a week. And whereas much of Atlanta um, had completely shut down all entertainment options, we really looked for ways that people could safely get outside, but still spread out and still enjoy some of the things they used to. So we ended up having so many visitors um, from well outside of Forsyth who discovered us. Um, people were driving 30, 45 minutes to come to Halcyon um, for entertainment and events. And we just had to change our events, you know, instead of, you know, having one big crowd, we would have multiple entry times. And um, so it was never crowded at one, po you know, one particular t point in time. Um, and we had to spread people all out and do scavenger hunts as an event instead of having everybody in one place. So um, there were you know, some interesting outcomes and our property, our, our tenants really um, got back to normal and were kind of breaking records pretty quickly yeah. after COVID. Well, I appreciate definitely the live. It definitely helped break up from the, the chaos of the everyday life that many of us were living. Uh, speaking of being able to creatively come up with new ways, I mean, Leanne, my goodness. I mean, you know, Susan just talked about how their thumbprint kind of expanded for Scythe County lines. You expanded the, you were, you were infiltrating the world with some of the things that you did. So walk us through, you know, overnight, how you had to completely revamp your programming. That might be a little dramatic, but, <laughs> but we love drama. drama. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah. So when everything sort of, you know, we tend to follow the guidance of the school system. So that's sort of our North star. And, you know, it's when we close for weather or all those kinds of things. And so when, when we realized that the schools were going to close down, um, we took a week off and sort of circled the wagons as a team. Um, and, and then during that week, we sort of started to see like, this is going to last longer than a week. This isn't going to be a short thing. And, um, so we decided that we would take all of the classes and shows that we were in rehearsals for, and we would take them online and we immediately got all of our zoom stuff set up and everybody was working from home and everybody was still running their same classes. We were holding virtual rehearsals for musicals. So we're teaching choreography through Zoom, um, which is hard because there's a delay in the music. It was, you know, we learned a lot. Um, so that all kind of happened um, right around that spring break time frame, late March, early April. And once we realized we weren't coming back after spring break, that's when we felt like things really got real. So we continued that online, you know, current class schedule, rehearsing with those kids at the same time of the evening that we normally would have seen them in person in the building. And we got through April with that and we started to see that the kids were waning and we could tell that they were kind of getting bummed and they, um, they were struggling. We had done during spring break because that's normally a week off for us. We had taken that week and offered dozens of free classes to anybody who wanted to take from anywhere you know, I, I don't know that we went totally international, but we had kids from all over the country that took classes with us. So we taught tap classes and we taught musical theater classes and we taught painting. We, I mean, we sent the kids supplies like go, you know, here's what you need to take this painting class online. And we did all of these free classes that first week of April. Then once we got back in April, we realized the kids' attention was starting to wane. So when we got back in May, we decided to sort of throw everything away. We told the kids, we promised the kids we would finish their shows because we had like 12 different shows that were in rehearsal. Um, and so we promised the kids, we are going to find a way to finish your shows. Cause some of these kids had been working for the better part of a year on these productions. We didn't know how we were going to fulfill that promise, but we made it. And I'm a promise girl. So we figured it out um, a little later in the story. But once we got back in May, we, we decided we called it Mayhem. And we offered three-week sessions of all kinds of different things. Again, we were teaching um, scenic design using Legos. Um, we were teaching um, set painting using cardboard boxes and um, everything from, like I said, tap classes, um, voice classes. We were holding master classes with Broadway artists. So we would have, um, we had hundreds of kids tune in for um, one of my former students. Her name is Mackenzie Kurtz. And she was the, had just taken over as Anna in Frozen on Broadway. And I think I, she got maybe a dozen shows down before everything shut down, which, um, but she came online and did an amazing masterclass. We had just been to New York and, and some of the uh, people that we met while we were there came online and did masterclasses with us. And the kids got to learn and do Q and A's with those actors. And we had people from all over join those, um, totally free events, just something to keep the kids busy. Um, so that we did that in May. And, um, by the time we got to June, we started to see that, you know, there were people that were ready to come back in person. And so we sort of took June and we did some, um, we found these cool virtual 
uh, virtual musicals. And so the kids rehearsed them from their own space and they recorded their own parts from their own space, but they pieced together to make a show and um, with a plot and cool musical numbers and choreography and props and sets, you know, in their homes. And so the kids were amazing. They were so creative and they built these amazing shows and we edited them together and had virtual premieres. So we really kind of kept things going with that. And by the time July rolled around, we were able to get back in person a little bit with some camps and some smaller shows. And then, you know, we had made that promise to the kids that we were going to let them finish their shows. So we um, devised this crazy plan. I will keep the picture forever of us checking them off as we got one show in and we would bring the kids in for their, their last, we did a, a rehearsal where we brought them all in for about an hour and pieced it all back together again. And then we filmed it and then we took them out in the parking lot, you know, filmed it without anybody there, took them out in the parking lot, let them sing one song in the parking lot for their families in the, so we did a little show in the parking lot so the parents could, and then they did, were able to take their bows in the parking lot so their parents could cheer for them. And, um, you know, everybody was in the parking lot with flowers and it was amazing. And we filmed, I think the last number was 14 shows in six days. So we just have, we have two performance spaces in our building. So we would just rotate in and out. And of course, not everybody was comfortable with that. We had kids that weren't ready to come back yet, but we just made it work and we figured it out. And we, you know, if, if this kid from this cast couldn't be there, then we just grabbed somebody from another cast and said, can you come and spend a couple extra hours? And so we were able to fulfill that promise. And then we, of course, kind of got back to regular life in the fall um, of that year. Because at that point, with modifications, I mean, we still didn't have full audiences and that kind of thing. But at that point, the kids were pretty ready to come back. So um, it was definitely an adventure. It was um, it was crazy. We learned a lot about technology. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm exhausted just hearing it. I can't imagine living it. So, well, I appreciate, I mean, I think I can speak on behalf of the community. Thank you for everything that all three of your businesses did during that crazy time when we were stuck at home because I mean, overnight you had to creatively come up with new options to serve the community, to, to offer a service. And so thank you for everything you did. Um, speaking of things that you did, and I know Maria has touched on it, um, and Susan, I'm going to start with you on this one, because while all three of you are really great examples of giving back to the community, um, Susan, you know, Halcyon does a ton of events, and some people might not know that a lot of those events are actually fundraising events for local nonprofits. So why don't you walk us through some of those events and maybe some of the events that are coming up here soon? Okay. Um, yes, that's just kind of part of our, our mission, our values, you know, from the very beginning, um, Halcyon is comprised, as some of you may know, of almost all small businesses. I mean, many of the businesses at Halcyon are first-time business owners, small business owners in our community who's, you know, live in Forsyth, whose kids go to schools here. Um, so it was very important for us to really, you know, expand that even further and just be part of the community. Um, so that was a mission of the developers of Halcyon, um, you know, from the very beginning and something I feel very strongly about personally. So it was perfect for me. Um, so that's what we did. Um, we every, well, it's not every event, but a big, a large majority of our events 
um, where we do have to limit some numbers sometimes, and especially during COVID, um, we charge a small entry fee, um, usually somewhere between $10 and $12 um, per person, and people get a lot for that. But um, we'll partner with a different charity for all of these events. Um, we rotate through about eight different Forsyth charities, typically. And um, we we donate every penny of those ticket sales back to the charity. Um, so we've been able, you know, especially working with a lot of the smaller um, organizations in Forsyth, like Jesse's House or Baldridge Lodge, um, when we're able to raise $15,000 for them, that that's a big chunk of their budget. Um, we were able to sponsor and pay for one of the rooms in um, Jesse's, what, no, it was the place, um, a new, you know, the new um, house they were, they were building for teens. Um, so, um, over time, I think we've done um, maybe 27 different fundraising events. We've raised at this point over $135,000 that has gone back to the community. And yes, we have no, we have plans to just continue that long term. That's just part of our mission. And uh, we've got a really fun event coming up on Tuesday night, June 14th. And that's our one of our ladies nights out. And if you've been, you know how much fun it is. We try to make it a little different each time and try to, um, the ladies really like the themes. They really like to dress up. They really like the theme. So this time it's tropical nights. And um, so we're asking the ladies to wear their tropical attire. We've already sold six 633 tickets. Um, we will probably be close to 800 or 1,000, hopefully, by Tuesday. Um, and this one, we are partnering with Northside Hospital and Northside Forsyth, and the money is going back to their Northside Hospital Cancer, Cancer Institute. And what they do with that money is they help the patients who need transportation and lodging in order to get to their treatments. Um, so we're hoping um, together, you know, we can create some really fun events. Everybody can have a great time, but it's amazing that we can also raise money at the at the same time, and it's it's painless. Um, it's a lot of fun. And then another community event we have coming up. Um, that's not raising money, but is just something that we we love to do. It really brings the community together. Um, we've got Halcyon's Got Talent coming up in July, and I know FAPA, a lot of your students have participated in that in the past. So right now, auditions are open through June um, for kids ages 10 to 18. We've expanded it a little bit this year where it's not just singing. It's if somebody's a magician or they want to do a monologue or dance or whatever their talent is, um, they can send in a two-minute audition, and then we'll have the top, um, the finalists perform on July 28th at Halcyon, and that is definitely one of our most popular um, events of the year um, and a lot of fun. Incredible. Well, thank you for all you do, especially for all the local nonprofits. Uh, Maria and Pepe, I'm going to spin to you really quickly because I know, I mean, you touched upon it a little bit when you shared your story, but Purple Pansies is a really great organization. So walk us through, you know, the giving back. I know you talked about giving back with um, some of the hospitals, but I know you do much more than that. So walk us through that. Wow. Um, Well, Again, thanks for uh, having us here. Um, throughout our history, uh, we have always at Casanova uh, partnered with uh, local schools in our county. 
uh, elementary, middle, high school, where we would have uh, a night that we would dedicate our proceeds, um, a portion of those proceeds, usually around 20% that would go um, to whatever it was uh, that we were uh, sponsoring, whether it would be the lacrosse team or whether it would be the arts. Um, we would have nights like that throughout our history. Um, Purple Pansies was born. Um, my mother, I lost her to pancreatic cancer in 2007, and I just could not not do something. I, I held my first event in 2008 on Mother's Day where I donated all my proceeds to a pancreatic organization, and it just kind of took off. Purple Pansies was actually born as Purple Pansies in 2009, we host two events every year. One is a community event that we just had May 1st. We invite our community. This year we had about 800 people that came. We feed our community from a pig roast to homemade gelato to homemade ravioli to risotto to paella, um, live music. Always an amazing event. Um, and we just ask people to make a donation. Uh, Purple Pansies is a 501c3, um, and we are all volunteers. No one on our board uh, is on the payroll. Um, so this year, our goal is to raise $650,000. The last three years, we've been able to raise over a million dollars um, for research, uh, clinical trials, and grants. We've given out several grants right here in uh, Forsyth County um, to patients who are just hit hard with medical bills and just paying their bills. Um, that's one of the things that we do. We also launched our scholarship program where right here in our county we gave um, uh, seven um, scholarships to children whose parents have been impacted by pancreatic cancer. So we're very proud of that. And, of course, Casanova and Cork and Glass are partners. Sometimes I'm seen... We provide the food. Uh, we provide everything to support that. Um, so we're extremely proud of the work that we do with our community, not just with Purple Pansies, but um, this year we've already partnered with uh, the Lions Club um, that we do at least two events uh, a year. Um, we partnered with a local high school with their baseball team to try to get um, awareness in the sports. Every year we partner with one of the local high schools um, for chorus. Um, the arts are sometimes forgotten, and I really try to support that. So Casanova is a place to that you come eat, but it is also a place where we try to support our community. People come to us to share happiness, to share sadness, or just to get uh, pumped up and have a a good meal and uh, um, a good time. So that's kind of the, our charity piece. Um, I wanted to go back to a little bit about the pandemic about, because we are still in a pandemic of things that we have tried to do as a restaurant and as a wine shop to keep people engaged. So we've had wine dinners with uh, which my son is usually the host. We've had the great pleasure of hosting events with um, Duckhorn and Jordan and Camus and, Robert Mandavi, that have graciously given their time uh, to partner with a little restaurant and a little wine shop in Forsyth County um, to go over and talk about their wine. So 
It's usually four courses, three bottles of wine. Um, a lot of them we do almost at cost. They're priced between $99 to $149 for three bottles of wine and four courses for each couple. And uh, it was it just gave people something to do. Still today, it gives something people to do, whether they want to do it virtually or they want to come to the restaurant. So we're really proud of that, of trying to keep uh, people engaged and giving them a good value. We also have something called Take and Bakes, which are family meals. The country is still going um, through sometimes hardships, so they're value meals that people can come and get and get a nice meal with a salad, garlic bread, and uh, just uh, Italian food is comfort food. <laughs> so we're just really proud to be in uh, Forsyth County. Pepe, don't know if you want to add anything to that. Well, I was just going to say that um, helping out the community, a lot of the kids when we've gone to like Denmark or West Forsyth or Central is definitely a big help because us helping them, they come and help us at Purple Pansy. So like this past year, uh, we had all of our um, kids, the young ones that like uh, go to Vickery Village uh, Elementary School that they helped out organize like kids events for all the kids to come in. Uh, so it was really nice to see that not only we help them for their events, uh, but they come and help us as well. So it was like super cool to be able to see that, that the, you know, they reciprocate that and, um, you know, they were, had like bubble machines and like, uh, you know, chalk and everything. And it just kind of took me back to like my childhood. I'm like, wow, kids still use chalk. That's always good to see because 21st century, you see devices and stuff, but it was really nice to see that the chalk came out. Um, but in terms of helping that community on uh, helping, uh, everything I can tell you, we do have a farm. So as mom said, we do have these wonderful value meals that, that come together to feed your, your, even if you're not going through a time of need, but you want to still feed your family. Like mom said, Italian food is comfort food. So these actually take and bakes are a great value for when you have family in town. I mean, we just had graduation. I mean, Father's Day is coming up. We already have people that are ordering food. Uh, but now it's like really one of the best times uh, because it comes along with the salad and all of our greens are coming in from our farm. So mom, you know, talking about that being farm to table. Uh, I remember we're now I want to say our 21st or our 22nd year of being farm to table. And I say that because I opened, helped open the restaurant. I was nine years old uh, when uh, the restaurant opened. I was helping wash dishes. Uh, and so a couple years later is when we started to definitely have vegetables come in. It was like this big spike. I think in the early 2000s, I heard, my, I remember hearing my mom and dad talk about that and pricing, um, which is still something that's still relevantly talked about today, um, is that, you know, he said, we have the land. Why don't we do it? So we started with like an acre and then two and then three. And now we're at up to 14 acres that we grow vegetables for the restaurant. So right now actually is the best time to come and eat because literally our vegetables are picked six, eight hours before you come and eat that night. So oh. um, a lot of a lot of fun stuff like fried zucchini sticks is a big thing. That was a we had a big batch come in last night. So all the lettuce for all of our salads. Um, I was just talking to um, Amanda earlier about, you know, baking pesto. So it takes a lot of basil to make pesto, uh, especially the way I was taught from my dad. And, um, you know, we just got to wait. Mother Nature, you can only work with her. You can't work against her. So, um, but yeah, it's just a lot of great value, a lot of fun stuff. And, you know, we're with expanding that, you know, to have activities, you know, with Halcyon doing some fun stuff and then hearing about you with what the kids and the arts. I mean, we, we also, um, uh, we've done, I think a couple of things with 
the local um, publications about doing um, like recipes and like cook at home stuff. And then also at the wine shop, having educational things, you come in, you know, not only are you trying wine, but what to pair with it, what goes good with it? Why does this wine taste the way it does? So again, going back to keeping the community involved and engaged. And um, now at the wine shop on our tastings um, that we have uh, on Wednesdays and Saturdays, we have like the people made friends when they were coming in. And so now it's like they text themselves, hey, are you going to the wine shop? I don't know, are you? Well, I was thinking about it, but if you're going, I'm definitely, and then so when they show up, they're like, oh yeah, I was texting, they're about to be here. And I'm like, how do you guys know each other? Like, well, we met here. (laughs) So it's just, it's really, really cool. Um, to see that happen with, within our community. Well, that's amazing. I mean, just between the farm to table to sharing happiness, I mean, everything you guys are doing is incredible. So thank you for that. Uh, speaking of sharing happiness, I mean, Leanne, I know you've done a lot to give back to the local community with, with FAPA. So maybe kind of just briefly walk us through some of the things that you guys have done, because I know you've done a lot. Yeah, we, um, a lot of our work within the community um, comes in sort of an in-kind um, I guess contribution. We work a lot with the schools. We work a lot with the local, um, you know, school theater groups. Um, we try to really support what is going on in the schools. Um, and so that's a big part. And then, um, you know, COVID sent us away from our big summer musicals, uh, for a while, but we, um, we're really excited to be bringing that back this year. We do a big summer community musical with adults. Um, so you get to see adults on stage, um, every year. And, uh, in 2019, which was the last time we did one, we were able to donate, um, a portion of every ticket sold to CASA of Forsyth County, which is really special to me. I'm a CASA, my husband and I are CASAs. And so that organization is really special. And this year, um, we're excited to be presenting Mama Mia this summer, which is so much fun. Everybody's going to love it. We have an amazing cast. They're already hard at work. Um, and we will be doing the same thing. A portion of every ticket sold will be going back to CASA. Um, so those are, those are just sort of a, a small snippet of what we do, but, um, we love to support, um, we love to support the schools. We love to support the, the arts organizations. We feel like, um, very much that, um, a rising tide raises all boats. I love that. Well, I'm excited. I can hear the theme song in my head uh, now. It's so gonna be fun. Uh, I know what I'll be doing this summer. Definitely. So incredible. Thank you so much for all you do, especially for Casa. That's, that's incredible. Um, so I'm going to change it up a little bit. I know we've been, some of these things have been a little bit serious and let's talk about something fun. Uh, Cause I know being a business owner, I mean, is beyond tough, especially right now, even before pre 2020, it's tough. Um, and I know staying motivated when you're managing tax, tasks and staff and events and all kinds of different elements can be incredibly daunting. So I'd love to know what motivates you, what inspires you. Is there a person? Is it a book? Is it an entity? Like, where do you go to seek that motivation? So um, Maria and Pepe, I'm going to start with you. What motivates you? All right. I guess I'll go first on this one. (laughs) It's really my parents and more so my dad than my mom. I mean, my mom's great. And my dad's great too, but it's part of like how my dad came to be to where we are today is what really motivates me. Um, Even though he's not here physically with us, um, he passed away back in October, but my, both my parents are immigrants. We're both, they're both from Cuba and uh, my dad coming to the United States 45 days before the blockade in 1962 was, um, you know, just 
hearing that story and how he got here. And so I think he's a really good expression of showing the American dream is possible uh, through hard work. I mean, my dad came to this country with nothing, literally just the clothes that he was wearing. And then that was it. Um, and then working in restaurants and in bakeries in South Florida. Uh, and then back then when it started to warm up, it literally like died out. Like it was no West Palm beach became a ghost town essentially overnight. And so he followed everyone where they went and they went back up North and that's where he kind of found the Italians. And, um, that's kind of where the theme of, you know, an Italian restaurant, why we have that. Um, and he ended up in Atlanta in 1967 still working in Italian restaurants, came from Jersey. And then uh, he opened up his first restaurant. It was called Alfredo's on Cheshire Bridge, uh, which was, I think, an Atlanta staple. Uh, unfortunately, the property owner sold it, I think, to build like nice condos or something like that. But I'm like, that's, that's like saying taking away like the Varsity or the Silver Skillet or the Fox Theater for something else. Like you just, it should be front, like, don't do that. Um, but that was his first restaurant and now Casanova was his sixth restaurant. Um, second one that he had with my mom and just that you just do hard work and good things will, will happen. I mean, money comes and goes, but as long as you prevail and you keep going and, and you don't take no for an answer, the word impossible does not exist. That, that really like keeps pushing me every day. Cause I can definitely tell you when COVID started, I'd look at him and I'm like, what are we going to do? And he's like, I mean, I'm, I'm old and but I've never seen anything like this happen on a worldwide scale, let alone like a, a local scale. So, I mean, we're pivoting and, and moving. And so it was the, the kitchen to, you know, get eight to go orders at 630 pickup that were completely all different orders that had an appetizer and a salad and four main courses and three desserts. Like that's not how he, we, he built his kitchens. Um, so that upon itself was a learning curve, but knowing that we can perceive and keep moving forward like that, that to me is, is my motivation wow. is that awesome. just that it, you, you can do it. I mean, and my dad would tell me stories like back in the sixties and seventies, these people would come up to him like mob esque, be like, Hey, Tony, I'll give you 10 grand. You move a car from point A to point B and you just walk away. And you just let me 10 grand, 10 grand still today is a lot of money, but back in the sixties, that's like saying a hundred grand and him trying to get his family out of Cuba. He got 56 members out of Cuba. He would say, thank you, but no, thank you. So just knowing that hard work and moving forward like that, that's the only way. So that's that's what motivates me. And then my mom, I mean, similar thing, you know, her coming from also an immigrant background, my grandmother um, working in Chicago at Bell. And then my mom, you know, being at restaurants because my grandfather was also a restaurateur in Chicago and also in Cuba. And so uh, seeing that and that my, you know, just mom, when she came to Atlanta, she told me she had three jobs to help support her and my grandmother. Um, and that was back in 1984, I believe. But, uh, but yeah, I, it's my parents, just the, the superheroes yeah. big <laughs> right? time without capes. That's incredible. Well, how about for you, Susan, who inspires and motivates you? You know, it's interesting because, uh, in a way it's a, it's a similar story. Um, I didn't do this on purpose, but, um, I, I ended up doing something very similar to my dad. Um, I grew up in a small town in North Carolina and my dad had, um, women's clothing stores there, three retail stores that I worked in since I was, I don't know, 13, probably, uh, making bows and gift wrapping packages. 
you know, went to school, learned about marketing. Um, and then I ended up really for the first 25 years of my career, I was a marketing consultant and I was consulting small businesses and eventually different shopping centers on, um, you know, how to market their businesses on a shoestring budget, really. <laughs> um, so I do think about that. And I think I have that, that retail in my blood, that small business mentality. But what really motivates me every day um, are, is really just trying to help support every business at a Halcyon. I mean, I have a personal relationship with just about every business owner at Halcyon. These businesses are owner operated, almost every single one. Um, you know, those owners are there all day, every day. And a lot of them, like I said, are, are new business owners. Um, they, they know their trade. They might know food or they might know clothing or something, but not necessarily marketing. So, um, I want every, you know, I want every single one of them to succeed. And that's what motivates me every day. I spend a lot of time, not just marketing Halcyon as a whole, but really um, consulting with them, spending time with them, and really um, trying to help them bring people to their business and um, help them succeed. So that just keeps me going. Um, you know, when they have a good day, when I see their sales at the end of the month, and you know, they're, they're succeeding, um, despite all the challenges that we've had over the last few years, um, that makes my job worthwhile. I was going to say it's paying off because <laughs> if, if you've never been over to Halcyon, whether it's a Monday afternoon or a Sunday evening, it is always busy. And so thank you for what you do. I know I can, um, I've seen the, the transition from when you open to now. So it's incredible. So thank you for doing that. That's thank incredible. You. Um, how about for you, Leanne, who inspires and motivates you? Uh, I would say that the biggest inspiration for me are our students. Um, you know, my favorite thing is when I pull in the parking lot and classes are already going and I can hear them singing or I can hear the thumping of them dancing, you know, from out in the parking lot. And um, I hear them laughing or sometimes I'll even see them like in in the stretch of parking lot because there's we've run out of room inside the building. So there's kids practicing choreography in the in the parking lot. Um, and so seeing how much they love to be there and how important and, and also seeing the friendships that have developed, um, seeing the kids going and supporting each other at different events because they're all from different schools and our teenagers like have built these amazing relationships and these such these cool friendships. And um, it's just because they've done shows with us or they've taken classes with us. Um, so that inspires me in a, in a big, big way. I can always tell if I'm feeling a little discouraged or if I'm feeling a little unmotivated that I've been away from the building too long. So, you know, I've either been in meetings or I've been on my computer, or, you know, working on the back end of things. And if I'm feeling a little down, I just go take a lap through the building um, because there's always something fun happening and there's always kids laughing and singing. And it's hard to be in a bad mood when there's singing and dancing kids. I might have to stop by. It's a pick me up. <laughs> you might see me a couple days a week. It's no, always awesome. a pick me up and our team as well. I mean, I have the most amazing team that I work with and, um, we joke because, well, I say that every good idea that's ever come as a part of FAPA has been 
thanks to our team. I'm not the ideas girl. Um, and so when I'm standing at the front desk on an afternoon and someone comes up and goes, I have an idea. I'm like, okay, great. Let's hear it. And, and it's always something exciting and it's always something fun and it's always something that's going to benefit our kids. And so that's also, um, it's a joy to be the person who gets to facilitate those amazing ideas. I love that. Incredible. Well, before we sign off, I thought, um, you know, you can do a quick final say, um, maybe like a quick elevator speech. If you were standing next to someone in an elevator right now um, and they said, give me the best piece of business advice because I want to start a business or I'm struggling right now, what can I do? And I know, Susan, that might be different because you're looking at it from a different lens, but what what advice would you give them in 90 seconds? So, Maria, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Put you on the spot. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Don't give up. Believe in yourself. Uh, as Leanne says, take a lap. Sometimes you have to take a break and kind of walk around and just think about positive thoughts. Do not let negativity get in your brain. Always be positive. Always think about that tomorrow will be a better day. And God will put all the right players in your life. Even when it looks the darkest, the sun will come out. I think there's a song about that. Is there? I think there is. <laughs> in fact, my kids are singing it in our building right this minute. <laughs> Tell me what that is. From Annie, the musical, Tomorrow, oh, oh, Tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm like, glad this is being recorded because I don't want to type while I'm sitting here, but I know that there's about seven post-it notes that are going to be on my laptop tomorrow. So take the leap. I love that. Um, Pepe, how about you? Communication. Being communicative with your team uh, and then being, it's like an open door policy. Definitely. Um, you saying, you know, having... Success is not just you, it's it's part of your team. The same thing happens at Casanova and at Cork and Glass uh, is that in, we're all in it together. We're all one big family. So just talking with, well, what are we going to do, guys? And then we've had the our virtual dinners. I mean, that's like, what were we going to do? And then one of our team members said, well, there's, uh, there's Zoom. You know, people have Zoom. There's a lot of people in the area that either have used Skype or something like that. We can do that. And then we'll just got to figure out how to put it together. But that's a good way to to do stuff. And we're like, it's a really great idea. I mean, if you were to tell me four years ago, hey, we're doing virtual tastings and dinners, I'd look at you and be like, where at Galaxy are you from? Um, so communication, uh, I think, is the big thing is talking with not only your team, but then your peers or, I mean, us being in the food world and, and that hospitality industry looking at um, the food purveyors and um, people in the wine industry and the spirits industry and the beer industry um, and your, and your neighbors. I mean, definitely. I know that we talked with, you know, the Tanners. Um, that's another family business that uh, we reached out to and said, what are you guys doing? And they were very gracious with us and like, this is what we're going to do. We don't know if it's going to work. Um, so being just open and, and communicative with, with your community and within your, your business, I think helps a lot. Great advice. All right, Susan, what would what advice would you give? Um, I've got just a few things. Um, you know, I've got I've got three daughters. Um, one who's twenty one, and we we do a lot of talking about uh, you know careers, and she's trying to figure out what her place is. And I always say, 
you know, if, if you love what you do, it doesn't feel like a job. And she's never really believed that, but now she, that she's finding something she loves to do. She, she's starting to get it. And as a business owner, I mean, you've got to follow your passion and, and love what you do, whether it's food or whether it's theater and, the passion is what's going to drive you instead of being an investor necessarily, you know, an investor and try to have other people, you know, running their business or buying a business that you're not really interested in. I just see the most successful business owners um, are involved in what they're personally passionate about. Another one that I like to use in marketing, um, no matter how big we get, um, I believe in that you build customers really one at a time. Um, yes, you can run a big ad or a big social media campaign or whatever, but I think that we get and retain customers, um, visitors to Halcyon, truly one relationship at a time. It's, you know, having employees. I know I walk through the Village Green. Sometimes I'll have a bag of dog treats with me and I'm you know, I'm walking around introducing myself to people, handing them a dog treat for their dog. You know, it's um, helping the kids, you know, have an amazing time making memories with their family at our family dance party. Those people are going to come back. Um, And I don't do it for that purpose. But if you it's, I truly believe as a business owner, you're going to be successful with those by making relationships with your customers and getting them one at a time. I truly believe in grassroots marketing, no matter how big your business is. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, you know, rewarding your team, you're only as good as those people who work for you as a business owner. You can't be there. Many of our business owners try, you can't be there 24 seven and you've got to have people who can represent you. And I know it's one of the toughest things in business right now is hiring and staffing and retaining and being able to afford the good talent. Um, but those people are who's representing you every day. So um, you've got to reward them. You've got to show them how valuable you are. I know at Halcyon, we have a very small property management team and our security people, our housekeeping people, those are really our representatives every day with the public. And they are so important. And I try to remind them how thankful we are for them and how important they are to our team. I so. love that. Make your passion your paycheck. Great advice. Wonderful. All right, Leanne. I know you probably have to inspire little minds all the time, but um, what motivating, what motivation or what advice would you give? I think, you know, um, to the point of, of building a business off of a passion, you know, there are a lot of people like me who are passionate about, you know, whatever we did for me, it was theater and teaching. And, you know, I didn't know anything about business. I didn't know an income statement from a, you know, balance sheet from a, bank statement. I mean, I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, and so I think the first piece of advice I always give is, um, always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you. Um, so sometimes that's in real life. Sometimes that's, you know, I mean, I have an amazing network of business owners in this community that, um, we bounce ideas off of each other and we contribute to each other's businesses and, and, you know, brainstorm together. Um, and sometimes that's just with books or podcasts or, um, uh, you know, 
YouTube videos, but you have to continually surround yourself with people who are smarter than you that can continue to build your knowledge. Um, because just being passionate about something doesn't mean that you're going to be able to make payroll. Um, and when you're dealing with other human beings and, and their passions, you have to know how to make sure that the ends get, you know, that it all gets, that it all, all the paychecks get paid and, and that you're managing people. And, and especially in a creative business, you have to really be careful about managing people well. And then I would say that the other, um, the other thing that I always say is you also have to know yourself really well. I think being introspective and being aware of your own strengths and weaknesses of your own, um, you know, the things that you do best and keep those things and recognize the things that you are not so great at and make sure that you have people on your team that complement that. Um, I think it's so important to be um, self-aware as a business owner. I think it makes you a good manager. I think it makes you a good leader. Um, and I think that uh, time spent, you know, in that sort of introspection in the, in the quiet of your own mind is time that's really well spent as a leader. Really great advice. It's we could probably do a whole other podcast just talking about <laughs> motivational. I mean, this is great. So thank you for all of that. Well, I didn't say at the beginning, but congratulations again on winning the inaugural Star Business Awards. I want to thank all of you for everything you do for Forsyth County, for the community, for the different businesses that you partner with and collaborate with. Truly, your impact goes further than just the county line. So I know all of you do so much to help the community, not only with the products and services that you share and offer, but also the incredible examples that you are as leaders of this community. So truly, thank you. Again, I appreciate all of of you joining us today. So Maria, Pepe, Susan, and Leanne. And a huge thank you to the woman behind the curtain, so Amanda Pierch of Forsyth Business Radio X for producing today's show. She is our partner. She makes all of this possible. So thank you, Amanda, for your partnership uh, with Forsyth Business Radio X. For those listening, if you would like to hear more about what's happening in Forsyth County, be sure to subscribe to FOCO Talks on your favorite podcast platform. We share a new episode each month, so be sure to tune in to learn about all of the things that are happening in Forsyth County. You can also stay connected with us on social media. The Chamber can be found on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You just need to search Forsyth County Chamber or FOCO Chamber. If you're interested in learning more about joining the Forsyth Chamber or to join us at one of our many upcoming events, visit focochamber.org. For today, I am your host, Michelle Daniels, and this has been FOCO Talks on Business Radio X.